Hi guys and welcome or welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Indira and today I'm joined by Katie Bingle. She's a co-host at Is Honesty Always the Best Policy, a great podcast, you should check it out, and also an athlete and primary school teacher. And in this episode, we talk about her running journey, her transition to working full-time, but also coping with ADHD as an athlete and how it can potentially impact training and racing as a runner. Okay, before we get into the episode, as always, please be sure to leave a rating and review. It really helps me to keep bringing you guys great guests by giving the podcast credibility. Okay, let's get into it. Hi, Katie, how are you? How's your day going? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, my day is going well. Um, I've just moved into my new flat, so it's a bit hectic trying to organise it, but all going good, thank you. Oh, amazing. And is that, have you moved for any particular reason or...? Uh, it's the first flat that I've bought, so wow. yeah, I'm a homeowner now. <laughs> oh my gosh, so very wow. exciting, but yeah, a lot to do. Yeah, well, congrats, and I'm sure, you know, slowly as you start to get stuff in, it'll start to feel more like home, and no, that's really nice. And so, can you briefly introduce yourself as an athlete? Yeah, I am Katie. I am a primary school teacher and runner, um, so try and balance the two. Um I've run ever since I was eight years old, so yeah, it's all I've ever known really. Um, was in an athletics club growing up, just amateur athletics, and then when I went to university, um, I took it more seriously and got the chance to run for Great Britain. Um, but unfortunately, after that, I got quite a serious injury. Um, so the last few years, I've been learning to manage that and recover from that, and now I'm just trying to get back into consistent training and racing and trying to balance that with working yeah no wow no there's a a lot to unpack there and yeah injuries are injuries that always come at the wrong time in the worst ways possible and that's definitely something we can get into a, a bit bit later on and so what would you say is your biggest lesson learned from sport so far um big question um but I'd say my biggest lesson learned is to take better care of yourself and trust yourself more um because I've grown up with sports since I was really young like eight or nine I got into running um and it's only really through injury in my late mid to late 20s that I really learned my lessons in sport and for a long time I took the attitude which I know a lot of other runners do is that you always need to do more nothing is enough keep pushing yourself um, I wasn't kind to myself at all. And that's kind of what broke me. So I'd say my biggest lesson I learned was like running is amazing for me and it's given me so much, but actually not to be so harsh on myself and to trust myself and do what's right. Um, yeah, I'd say that's my biggest lesson I've learned. Yeah, no, that's such a valuable one. And I think so many runners are guilty of falling into that trap of always feeling the need to do more and keep pushing and that the more you do, the better of an athlete you'll become but sometimes even the opposite can be true I guess in some exactly. respects it's such a short-term fix that it does work you know in the short term the more you do you probably will get better but that doesn't last because that often leads to injury and I also found I guess one of my other biggest lessons was like not to compare myself to others because you have no idea you know what their week looks like or what they're doing or what they've done before um yeah it, it doesn't help you at all yeah, no, that's so true. That that one's coming up quite a lot, actually, recently, you know, the idea of comparing yourself to others. And I think especially on that note as well, not knowing what people are doing, someone's idea of an 8K easy run, well, you know, was that an 8K easy run? Did they stop halfway through? Did they go to a cafe at 6K or were they repping out some fartlek? You just don't really know. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And what is the next biggest goal or thing that you're hoping to achieve? Um, I'd like to get back into racing again. I'd love to do a marathon. So I haven't done done one yet. Um, I've grown up kind of doing cross country, five and ten K, a few half marathons. I'd love to be able to get some consistent training and to be able to work towards a marathon. That's always been a life kind of time goal of mine. So I'd love to do that. Um, but kind of on the flip side as well now, I'd quite like to give back to running and kind of maybe look into coaching and helping others with running. So they're kind of my two big goals at the moment. 
No, that sounds really great. And I mean, you've got some rapid half marathons, so I'm sure I'm sure a marathon will be perfectly, uh, perfectly capable for you or you'll be perfectly capable of it, I should say. <laughs> oh, thank you. And no, that's great to hear about coaching as well, because the sport definitely needs more people to kind of go into it and especially on the female side. So no, all the best with that. And Thank what you. is the number one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Um, be kind, be kind to myself. It's just definite number one piece that I would give, advice I'd give to myself. Um, and that kind of applies to all areas of my life, not just running. I've all, I've grown up and I think it is my personality type being very harsh on myself and nothing ever being enough. And I think as much as that allowed me to have success in sport, it also, you know, caused my injuries and downfalls. So I definitely say in order for longevity in the sport, to be kind to yourself and not to rush. If you want to do it as a career and have it, have running for your life, then be kind. Don't push yourself too much. And yeah, don't compare yourself to others. I think that would be the two biggest things I tell my younger self is don't compare yourself to others and be kind to yourself. Yeah, definitely. No, it's so true. I have to say I'm guilty of the uh, pushing too hard, too much, mm. too soon. Definitely got to be patient, got to play the long game and whatever you think you yeah, should put if, in, probably deduct 20%. Exactly. And it is difficult. It's really, really hard um, because you want to get, I think we all do get there as quickly as you can. And I also find that I love, I love running. I love being out there and doing as much as I can. And I love pushing myself. So it's really hard to rein it in and be like, actually, if I want to do this long term, <laughs> then you need to hold it back. But I also find, you know, having someone to talk to you about it is really helpful because I think you can get in your own head a bit and doubt yourself or doubt the choices. Even if you have a coach that sets the training for you, sometimes you can doubt that. And I find having people in running that are my good friends to talk to about it really, really help. And they help you to kind of bring you back down and think, actually, this is the right thing that I'm doing. So yeah, I definitely suggest that. Yeah, definitely. Now, that's a great one to take on board, guys. Uh, an accountability buddy, but for this kind of opposite of accountability to do less sort yeah. of thing. But no, yeah. they know <laughs> if, if it's a fellow runner, they know exactly what it's like. And I've always found that I'm not necessarily the best at, you know, taking the advice but I can give it because I understand I've been through it <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely definitely helpful silver linings yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> if you if you think you need to ask the answer is probably no <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's a really good point <laughs> yeah and so what are some of the topics you feel strongly about within sport or kind of f reflecting on your experience so far yeah, from my own experience, I'm quite really passionate about um, female health in sport. Um, it's definitely getting more attention now, but I don't think enough. And I think it just makes a huge, huge impact on whatever sport you're doing, but especially running and it can impact your performance, but also if it impacts injury, like looking at the your cycle, are there certain times of the month that you're more prone to injury? Um, but I, from my own experience, have found having periods of anxiety a long time without them, that coming back to racing was really challenging and I wasn't used to the symptoms. And I'd find racing, I sometimes if I, I was on my period or due on my period, that I could run a minute slower and that and training hasn't changed at all, but it's just my cycle and the symptoms that I was experiencing and you know 50% of the population are women <laughs> so we're all going through it and I just don't think enough has been done yet and I, yeah it's something I'm really passionate about in sport um also um eating disorders as well in sport is something that I'm really passionate about um having gone through that myself and on my own podcast talked about it a lot and I think it's really really prominent in sport especially running um and you just see the same thing kind of happen over and over again. Um, so it's something I'm passionate about and would like like changes to happen. Yeah, definitely. And be sure to check that out at Is Honesty Always the Best Policy? Uh it's yeah, a great, a great podcast. If if oh, you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> want a bit more, a bit more to hear a bit more from Katie and also Hannah Irwin, who co-hosts it as well. And so yeah, no, definitely, it definitely is a cycle, and so many people seem to go through it. And it is about what what can be done to sort of stop everyone having to go through and learn and then move on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's something I'm really passionate about is stopping that cycle because mm. it just seems to be the same thing happens again and again and again. And what can we do to make those changes?
Yeah, definitely. Okay, and so if we leap forward into the present, I mean, I guess we're already in the present, but what's your current situation? So you're you're working as a primary school teacher, you're kind of dealing with some injuries. Yeah, walk us through how life and running are, are operating for you. Yeah, challenging at the moment. This is the biggest change I've had. So I've grown up obviously running a lot and when I left university I started working part-time as a teacher so I could run um, alongside my job um, and from having you know quite serious injuries I couldn't get back into racing how I wanted to quick enough um, and I just turned 30 last week um, and so I wanted to kind of make some life changes so I started working full-time in September um, to buy my flat and you know make some changes in life but running is still really really important to me and I still want it to be a massive part of my life and I hope I can get back to racing and competing like I was but I've just learned that it can't be the only thing I prioritize anymore and I need to make sure I'm prioritizing other things um but yeah at this point I'm trying to manage balancing running and working full-time um and I'm getting there <laughs> and I'm hoping to start racing again after Christmas yeah well new year new you I think I yeah. think it definitely <laughs> can happen but no it definitely is a shift for sure working full-time because I know I did a placement I worked full-time nine to five and I personally found it at the start I I couldn't fit the training in but mm -hmm. as time went on it it was definitely much more manageable but it was a real yeah shift in approach what changes have mm -hmm. you made so far in terms of maybe how you in terms of maybe lifestyle or approach to training yeah and I think the most important thing I learned is to be adaptable and that's inside or outside of working full-time before my injury I really wasn't adaptable at all and I had to stick to a set schedule every day had to be what it should be I couldn't mix anything up and that was that and I had to go to training every day in a certain place I, I wouldn't change anything and I learned from injury that that is not necessary whether you're working full-time or not if you need to change things around even if you're feeling really tired you might need to switch a session to another day or a run to another day that's fine that's not going to affect your training it's not going to affect your performance if anything it's going to help you and if you need to take an extra rest day in the week because you're feeling really tired then absolutely go for it it's one week and that's what I learned from spending so much time out of running is that that was years you know one week is not going to affect your fitness it's not going to affect your performance if anything it's going to help you and I've definitely brought that into working full-time as being more adaptable and actually some days I'm going to have to change what I'm doing and I might have to switch a session for a run or I might have to take an extra rest day because I'm exhausted and I've definitely learned that when I'm really tired or run down that's when I'm most you know prone to injury and actually it's better to take an easy day and prevent you know an, an injury taking you out for weeks or months and yeah having an extra rest day here or there so definitely being more adaptable is what I've learned and being kinder to myself and that it's okay because this is a huge shift for me um but running is so important and gives me so much you know not just from competing or physically but mentally and in order for me to cope with working full-time I need to be running <laughs> um it's such a good release for me so yeah it's just I'd say being adaptable is the most important thing yeah definitely I mean so many so many key key and essential points there and yeah especially adaptability in particular I think it's it's not until you have time away from the sport or a big change yeah. that you realize well you're forced to be adaptable and then you realize that actually it doesn't matter but it's almost like I feel when you're in in this kind of full running world the thought of changing something is too scary or too much but then you yeah. actually realise, yeah, it, it is totally fine. And so, you know, you mentioned there being a bit more adaptable. Have you got some examples of some ways in which maybe you have changed things or maybe a recent time when, when you've done this? Yeah, so, well, I mean, recently I picked up a cold like three weeks ago and now I can't shift it. <laughs> three <laughs> weeks into it, um, which isn't much fun. But I've learned to be way more adaptable there when I'm ill. Before I would just power on through and it would last forever. So I've been much more careful now to just easy run. So instead of doing sessions where I can't, you know, I can't really do it, I'm not feeling well enough. I'm now listening to that and I've just easy run the last couple of weeks or I found that 
sometimes on a Tuesday I have to work quite late and usually that'd be a session day so I just switch it to Wednesday and I do an easy run on a Tuesday that's fine or if I need to take a rest day usually my rest day is Friday but if I have to take it on a Monday that's fine <laughs> I'm like yeah just adapting in that way and just look at your week and I think it is helpful if you do have a schedule for the week and you know what your week looks like and then it's a lot easier to adapt because I think if you don't have a schedule so much and you don't know what you're doing on certain days then sometimes that can be quite difficult and you feel you can't see where is a good day to switch or to take a break so I think even if you have to make changes it's good to have a plan and know how to adapt that yeah definitely all the plan a to z have it ready <laughs> ready to go yeah. at all times and I'd imagine that especially with teaching maybe primary school teaching things unexpectedly change and potentially you have marking and things probably carry mm -hmm. on past that that 5 p.m does that make it more challenging to know what you're doing on certain days? Yeah, yeah. And it is a just a really exhausting job. And I found that even working part time and trying to run like it is mentally and physically <laughs> exhausting. And some days you just have nothing. Um, and those are the kind of days that I know I still need to get out for a run and switch off. But maybe that's not the best day for a session. Maybe that is a better day to just go for a run and, and to move it. Um, but I also find I feel very lucky to have the coach that I have and that if I feel really unsure about making a change or how I'm feeling, if I'm feeling really tired, I can have that conversation with him and he can reassure me or or know what the change is that needs to happen. Yeah, no, definitely. That's really good to have that kind of point of contact. And yeah, working is so exhausting. It definitely does take it out of you mentally on a whole new level. Yeah. And oh, so, <laughs> yeah, literally, then that transition you've made, you've gone from the part time to full time. A lot of athletes or especially people leaving university are quite skeptical sometimes of diving into an intense or full time job. Now, having done that yourself, what do you say um, or what would you say to people who are currently trying to think about what they want for their future, especially in terms of the balance with running? Yeah, I'd say take the time if you're just coming out of university and you're running and you have the option to do part-time work I'd say take it it's the best time to do it um because as you get older you don't necessarily have that option and it allows you time to think about what you want to do and what kind of career you want to go into and whether you can balance it with running or you want to make running or whatever your sport is part of your career so I just def definitely suggest that and I feel very lucky Unfortunately, I had the opportunity to do that because it allowed me to give more time to running and have the success that I have. But it also gave me the time to think about what I really wanted to do um, and it didn't kind of rush me into it. So I think if that's an option, then that's yeah, that's what I'd suggest. Yeah, no, well, great advice. And on that note, those years post university and, and between where you're at now, what did that look like for you in terms of training setup and yeah, what would you say was your biggest achievement or the achievement you're most proud of during that time? Yeah, so after I left um, university, so I went to St. Mary's in Twickenham and I worked with Mick Woods, who was my coach then, and yeah, got me in a really good place with my running. And then I left university and was training at Aldershot in Farnham and District. Um, and I was working three days a week then. Um, so I had a lot more time for running um which yeah that's what I dedicated my life to basically then my focus was completely running and my mileage was high and everything was intense and everything I did was a hundred percent which looking back at it wasn't the right thing to do um but it did get me success and I did uh run for Great Britain for cross country I did the uh, Edinburgh cross in 2018 and I'd say that's probably my biggest achievement and the thing I'm most proud of. Um, but when I saw the questions that you asked and I thought about this, I kind of have two because that is something I'm really, really proud of. And I grew up and it's all I wanted to do was run for Great Britain. But actually coming back from injury and having such a long time off, racing again just for my club was such a huge achievement for me. And the way I felt doing that was huge like it kind of felt the same I, I was it was amazing because I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it again so yeah I'd kind of say they're on par and I have two and it made me realize you know as much as that was an amazing achievement and I'm so proud of it and so proud of the hard work I put in it's not the be all and end all having a happy life and enjoying running and it being social 
is such a more important thing like absolutely go after your goals and set big goals and try and achieve them but it really isn't the be all and end all um I feel like I've gone off on a tangent for what the question actually was <laughs> no no not at all. all all such valid points and yeah definitely is have the goals go for what you want to achieve but if you lose the enjoyment in the process it's the process that takes up 95 percent of the time and it's the actual exactly. the outcome is only going to be five percent or honestly probably one percent so you know what's the point if the 99 percent isn't isn't bringing you happiness then I think you do have to question is is it really worth it but exactly no, yeah. no definitely and it, yeah like you say it's amazing to go after those goals and have those goals but the process itself I wasn't particularly enjoying it because I put myself under so much pressure and I put yeah a lot on myself and I was training really really hard all of the time and I didn't really know about or learn about that actually within your week not every day needs to be as hard as you can go <laughs> and I learned that it's not sustainable like it gets you short-term success but it's not it's not sustainable and the way I train now is far more enjoyable and hopefully will um, bring me more longevity in running yeah no hopefully and yeah it is difficult as well especially when you see the success and you've been training harder it can sometimes motivate you to keep going and keep going harder and harder but yeah ultimately definitely in my experience anyway less less is definitely more so yeah and I guess in yeah. that time things were going really well but then you came across quite a major injury and something which you mentioned still impacts you today can you talk us through what happened there? Yeah, so um, in 2018, it was at the National Cross, so in February, um, I had pain in my hip um, and I didn't think much of it. Um, but then over the next few months, it just wasn't going away. And I had numerous scans and it took ages to find out what it was. It's, I spent about a year trying to get to the bottom of my injury, like nothing was really showing up. Um, but it was yeah complicated long process and then it ended up being a number of things um and it just took a really long time to recover from um and still now I get problems in my hips um which is really frustrating um, because I feel now I'm doing everything I can to be the kind of best version of myself and approach training a lot more sensibly and look after myself a lot better because I really wasn't at the time before injury like I was yeah working part-time as a teacher so my days were long I wasn't sleeping I wasn't eating well I wasn't recovering well and just the way I living was was not good or sustainable so I've learned so much from that um and I'm much better at fueling I prioritize sleeping a lot more and my training and make sure it's suitable for how I'm living um because yeah the way I was living before just was not sustainable at all um and yeah so it's, it's still really frustrating now to still have problems but I know how to deal with it now and I approach it a lot better so hopefully that will bring me success <laughs> yeah no definitely and you know like you mentioned before these things take time and it is so frustrating when you've got an injury and you're doing everything you can it's like come on now like I'm doing everything I uh, like I can do like seriously like the universe is just mm. against me or something but yeah and it does <laughs> feel like that sometimes and I have to switch that mindset because that gets you nowhere and that's definitely how I thought felt and thought during injury like I spent the first three months of my injury crying every single day there was not a day I didn't cry and it's all all I wanted to do was get back to racing and training and I was so so down and it took me a long time to get over that and I've definitely now built up my life so it's not just all running I spend a lot of time with my friends and my boyfriend and my family and I have other focuses um but running is still a massive part of my life but I've just learned kind of how to deal with it and just switch that mindset when you do get injured or have something happen because that doesn't help you when you think really negatively and think the world is against you and why is this happening to me because actually when you stop and think about it it's happening to a lot of people a lot of people go for injuries and some people have it a lot worse than you do and I also don't think that's a great way to think thinking of <laughs> as it worse but just knowing you're not the only one it's happening to and yeah it's rubbish but there are other people that it happens to and actually maybe get in contact with them and talk about it that's definitely helped me when other people have been injured at the same time is having someone to talk to about it that understands but no you will get through it 
or actually sometimes even reflecting thinking because sometimes I know now like approach things a lot better but sometimes when I've had niggles or problems it has been for a reason because I haven't prioritized recovery or I've been doing way too much or I've you know increased my training too quickly like even now I am make I do make mistakes I'm not perfect and sometimes you do need to kind of reflect on what you're doing and sometimes even though you feel like the universe is against you that injury has happened for a reason yeah no definitely it is it's so true you know these thoughts can creep in and it is just about taking a deep breath thinking positively and I guess as well I don't know if you've ever been a victim of this but when I get injured it tends to be well, by the time I finally get around to doing something about it, I normally sit on it for a while. Then you get you get the physio exercises, great. Day one, you're doing like 40 reps of everything, or at least I do, bash them all out. And then it kind of trails off. It feels like, oh, is this foot thing really doing anything? And then like six months later, I'll be like, oh, why am I still injured? It's like, well, actually, maybe, maybe it's because you're not really doing everything that you could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like consistency, breaking it down and holding on to the small achievements that you can make and yeah don't look at your past self <laughs> yeah, yeah no absolutely I think you're right they're kind of looking at what you can achieve still during that time like if you are achieving those physio exercises and that's really great and that is going to help you and make you stronger when you do get back or if you know you can go out and do a long ride with somebody and you you know ridden for longer than you have before or faster like just switch your mindset and switch your goals and targets for that time because you can still achieve and feel happy about you know things that you can achieve during that time but also kind of doing things outside of running or whatever your sport is during that time so it's not just solely focusing on recovering from injury but actually can you spend more time with your friends and family or can you put focus somewhere else another hobby you know that you're not yeah just focusing on that one thing because I don't think that helps recovery either when you're just solely focused on that injury and recovering from it and I think that just stresses you out more and doesn't help your body to recover so actually being able to put your focus elsewhere can really help you. Yeah, definitely. I think it comes back again to the idea of sort of adaptability and being able to just quickly let go of something or an idea that you've had in mind and jump onto something new, find a, a new style or lifestyle or things to do and be happy and, and find contentment in them for sure. And yeah, I think that's something that, yeah, a lot of athletes can find quite difficult, you know, being so many like driven people. And I know for the for us well we both have ADHD and I think that that's something that can really impact on kind of training performance and the ability to I guess take things slowly and more consistently do mm. you do you feel that that's something that might have been say a factor in you having got injuries maybe struggle with eating disorder um lack of recovery and stuff like that yeah it's really interesting. Now I know I have ADHD. Everything makes a lot more sense. Um, so I was diagnosed with ADHD about a year ago, actually. Um, and it just, when I started researching it and spoke to people about it, makes so much sense as to why I behaved in the way I have throughout my, you know, teenage years and 20s. And I do think it probably has affected me having eating disorders and the way I've trained and approached things. Um because I think and what I've learned a lot is that with ADHD I definitely seek like highs and hits from things and I have to really try and be aware of that and manage that um because I think it has caused you know things like injuries and eating disorders because it is a kind of hit and I find yeah I can get really obsessive over training and racing because racing is such a high you get such a high from that and then that's really addictive and you just want more and more and more um because having you know with ADHD having lower cortisol levels you kind of need that high in those hits but actually it doesn't help you at all and I find being really high then you get really low and it's just a roller coaster of emotions and it's absolutely exhausting and actually when you work harder to just kind of have a more balanced life you feel so much better um but I definitely think like on reflection my training yeah load would be really high and my my um mileage would be really high because it was a kind of another hit and it was really good for my you know ADHD brain to keep pushing myself and doing more and more and more but I didn't see it at the time I just thought that's what everybody was doing and I did not recognize it and when people would say to me like oh you're so committed you're so consistent like that was so normal for me 
I didn't see that at all. I had no idea what they were talking about. I just thought that's what everybody did and how everybody coped. Because <laughs> I think that's how I coped with ADHD because my brain is so hectic all of the time and running allows me, even now, like to kind of calm and focus my thoughts. But I've just learned to approach it in a different way and not seek those constant highs. But running allows me now to kind of focus um because I find if I'm not running I'm really really hectic and I don't know how to kind of manage my day but I'm learning not to rely on it (laughs) yeah no no definitely and I think it is something that potentially a lot of people a lot of endurance athletes for sure maybe do have Mm. something on the neurodivergent kind of side of things because it does it does take something I know you know ADHD you've got a lack of dopamine and so something like exercise which releases those endorphins or dopamine or whatever mm-hmm. it, it basically it's self-medicating it's bringing your brain yeah. back to the equilibrium yeah, exactly. it needs to function which makes it addictive um and then yeah I guess there's kind of an all or nothing mindset as well that goes along with ADHD kind of hyper focus on something for a short period yeah. of time which yeah I guess you know can result in that overtraining for certain periods of time or over fixation on a certain type of food um yeah yeah in in terms of I guess eating disorder then as well because that's something that a lot of our listeners have gone through or are going through in terms of that for you how did that that come about uh I was quite young when I had anorexia I was 13 um and you know, thinking about it now, I do wonder if it was linked to ADHD and a form of kind of like control and coping. Um, I kind of, I was running at the time, but it wasn't like um, a huge focus of mine. Like I ran a couple of times a week. I do go to an athletics club, but it wasn't uh, kind of an obsession like it became. Um, And then like through my eating disorder, definitely became more kind of obsessed with it. Um, and yeah I recovered from that after a couple of years I think I was like 15 or 16 but even then after that I still definitely had disordered eating for a long time um because I felt like during recovery a lot of the focus was on kind of restoring weight rather than you know mentally recovering from it and I think having ADHD I just kind of coped with it in different ways and was yeah restrictive with eating for periods of time um you know would get kind of hits out of not eating or eating some kind of foods um and for ages I didn't understand because I was like I feel like I'm over my eating disorder and I don't kind of think in the same way so why am I still behaving in these ways and I want to feel myself well because I want to train and I want to race I really didn't get it but actually learning about ADHD it makes a lot more sense as to why I behaved in the way I did um so yeah I still find now I'm still learning and still trying to be better but I definitely you know don't feel like I have an eating disorder or disordered eating now but I'm still learning how to manage things and approach things better yeah no definitely yeah no definitely and I think what you're saying as well about kind of periods of time and quick changes in say emotion or action is definitely very um relatable or like part of having ADHD I know even within myself in terms of food I'll get like sort of a mini addiction one week I'll literally eat nothing but soup and then no I won't be looking at soup for another year like it'll be something else and it can be such a a good way when you're sort of bored or like lacking in dopamine it's kind of yeah food is an absolute go-to sometimes I just need to chew um and then it it does make it really complicated with food for sure as well do you think it's so interesting isn't it when you learn those things because before knowing you have ADHD or knowing anything about it that seems such a weird thing to need to chew yeah (laughs) yeah. I get the same thing like because yeah I I need that um it's yeah it's strange but it's so I think important I've learned so much from learning about it and things make so much more sense and I make more so much more sense to myself like I spent years not understanding why I behaved in the way that I did and I did feel different to other people and I was like why (laughs) why do I feel different like is it something I'm doing wrong like do I need to learn how to behave in a different way like I just didn't get it and it's just allowed everything to make so much more sense 
Yeah, definitely. No, it, it it does allow you to understand yourself so much better. It's like someone's written a manual of how to how to deal with yourself and your strange quirks and stuff. And you mentioned there's some certain behaviors in particular. Can can you think of any that you've sort of since knowing you have ADHD been able to maybe make some changes to or accept and work with yeah. with better? Yeah. So I've always been really like hectic and not being able to focus on one thing. I'll start like five different things at once and find that incredibly stressful and not get anything done and get myself in such a state. And since, yeah, learning about having ADHD, I've really tried to work on that and focus on one thing, get one thing done before you start anything else, because that really does help. Yeah. And I still struggle, like moving into my flat, like today is my first day off for um Christmas holidays and I've gone between like seven different things and not finished one and I feel felt really like stressed and anxious from that and I know actually if I just do one thing and do it properly I'll feel so much better but I never knew what that was or why I behaved in that way um and actually now learning about it I can approach it and make changes and do things differently which is really helpful um but also knowing how running does help as well like because uh, I've always really enjoyed it um but it's really interesting to know how it allows me to kind of refocus because my brain can get really hectic and I don't know what to focus on and I've got a million thoughts going on and actually when I'm running I'm then able to think so much more clearly and know how to approach the rest of the day or whatever I'm doing so that's really helpful um because I find the same like socially I don't know sometimes my focus is all over the place that I've kind of lost focus in the conversation so then I don't know what to say and I can get really overwhelmed and talk myself out of saying things but that's really nice to know what that is so I can kind of make changes and know how to approach it differently so I don't just feel stupid in social situations or not want to go I know how to better approach them or to talk to people about it beforehand so I feel you know better supported. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's so true. And especially with, with like social situations and kind of zoning out a bit or maybe jumping in too quickly with things, it just, it is yeah. useful to know <laughs> because you can sort of pre-prepare in advance or you just like, actually, I'm so sorry. Yeah. What what did you say? Like, <laughs> yeah. we just, just go through that again. And yeah, I guess with running as well, it definitely does do something. I know that for me personally, I ended up, I lost my period so many times Um, and it would always be really confusing because I wasn't under fueling. I was like, what is going on? Like, calorie wise we're there like why is this happening to yeah. me um and it's because I like to train in the morning first thing and I do it fasted I fasted trained I don't advise this don't do it it's not good but before I knew I did it all the way up until I was 19 uh, every single mm. long run and it's just because it, it would do something I would feel so much calmer and like happier and the days would go better days where I didn't do that would be chaotic everything would go wrong yeah. mental breakdown because I've achieved nothing because I've started everything got distracted suddenly sprinkling the kitchen or something like that wasn't on the plan but yeah, yeah. No, 100% and yeah I guess also at this point maybe we should cover what ADHD actually is a little bit for people who maybe aren't sure what it is because I know that I personally didn't have any idea of actually how it could manifest I just thought it was like yeah. maybe a kid who can't sit on their chair at school so yeah exactly. <laughs> I guess for you what sort of things do you think would be like key symptoms that have shown themselves in your life and especially if you've got any examples specific to running and training that that you can bring yeah and I think what's really interesting is how differently it presents like in males and females because I think in a lot of females it got, does go undiagnosed until you're in your 20s um, or in your late teens because it doesn't you know show the same way and you're not necessarily that hyperactive kid that can't sit still in a chair and is disrupting the class um, in females like a lot of it is internal <laughs> the like hyperactivity and and things so it presents really differently um, and it's only yeah through being diagnosed with ADHD that I understood my behaviours and why I behaved in certain ways um because yeah for me a lot of my you know symptoms and signs include like not being able to focus and like I grew up just daydreaming all the time like in class I was constantly not focused at all um and I taught myself a lot through revision because that's the only way I could concentrate and I could hyper focus on it for like hours at a time but within the classroom setting I could not do that um 
and I am quite hyperactive though like I do always need to be doing um that's something else that I talked about a lot is that I cannot sit still I always have to be doing something my brain is always active telling me right I need to do this and that this and this and I just get exhausted by the end of the day like not just from training but the way I live my life means that I'm just absolutely exhausted and that is not the best way to um kind of be an athlete anyway is that you're not recovering for the session the next day or your long run if you spent the if you did a long run in the morning and then spent the rest of the day just not stopping which is how I would live I would you know do my long run and then go to the gym and then I'd go to town and meet my friends and then I'd go and do this job and this and this and I'd literally be going until the end of the day and then go to work the next day absolutely exhausted and I didn't get it but that's just how I lived um but I'm learning that's really not a good approach and actually when I slow down and I don't try and do so much in a day I feel so much better and I can cope with things better because I think being like that just kind of fuels your ADHD and makes things a lot worse so it is kind of slowing yourself down um they were the kind of main things that I I have and definitely in social situations as well I struggled a lot of my teenage years and in my 20s because I couldn't I either kind of held the conversation and didn't know when to stop or butt in a lot um and then I felt bad would feel bad afterwards and feel like I'm not a good friend because all I do is interrupt people or take over the conversation or I would feel like I couldn't be part of it because I just couldn't keep focused um so yeah they're the kind of main things that I noticed um having ADHD and I think growing up as well that kind of showed in my running uh, I think I mentioned earlier where I would you know overtrain because I would hyper focus on running and it gave me that hit so I would kind of just do more and more and more and not thinking about what do I really want to achieve like my goal really was like how much running can I do how much training can I do how how can I push myself rather than my goals being you know performance related um for quite a long time yeah. so I definitely think that impacted that impacted running yeah, no, definitely. And I guess also it's that kind of inability to hold everything in your head that you kind mm. of forget why you're doing something such as, oh, oh I'm yeah. training for a race. And you're just there yeah. in the moment. Whatever's in front of you is the most important thing. If you can't see it, it doesn't exist. People, objects, things. So unfortunately the case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it is so hard to stop once you kind of get into that state of, say, a hyper-focus or hyper-fixation on something. It really is, you know, the only thing you can see in front of you and yeah no that's so interesting all the things you're saying especially with you know say revision even in school I know I, I just write off lessons like, oh I won't learn anything it's it's yeah. when I go home then I'll quickly literally that's how I thought <laughs> yeah literally I remember once um in one of my classes being like that I um were doing a levels in history I could not concentrate and then when I took my exam like I did really really well and people in my class were like how did you do that I thought that's rude but (laughs) because I couldn't I could not do it in class I had to teach myself that way yeah no definitely and sometimes it's the pressure of the situation I know sometimes I you know in a training session I'm not really doing much I'm kind of just all over the place but then come a race like the the pressure of the race, the focus of the race, suddenly, like yeah. you are able to perform and you are able to kind of find something, something else and pull it out of the bag really at the last minute. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And I guess when you're on about as well, the the feeling of always needing to do something, that's definitely such a, or at least I, I personally definitely experienced that as well. And I think that probably the type of person if they have ADHD and they're an athlete most likely do experience those kind of symptoms of I guess the hyperactivity or whatever they officially want to call it do you also find yourself going through sort of crash and burn cycles and do you find that ADHD interferes with sleep in terms of your brain just going on and on about all sorts of nonsense and yeah 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 absolutely I've really struggled like my whole life with sleep um that's something that I've always found really really challenging I find really hard to switch off and sleep and that is really not the best thing for well for life in general but running like really really difficult and before my injury like I wouldn't be able to sleep and then I'd get up and run at 5am and go to work and then run after school and I was in such an awful cycle like it was really really bad um but I've 
yeah managed to put in strategies in place to kind of improve my sleep because it is so important and it just kind of fuels everything then if you're not sleeping it just makes everything really really difficult um but I have found it interesting that and I kind of did a little bit like research around it as well like ADHD and sleep and I think it is common with a lot of people with ADHD that it does affect sleep because even when I'm really really exhausted and I feel like I've done so much in a day and trained really hard I cannot sleep but actually that makes sense because my body's like running on fight or flight (laughs) and it doesn't know to relax and sleep because I've been living in the wrong way (laughs) yeah no definitely and I think there's so many studies out there that do show the direct correlation between hours of sleep or quality of sleep and injury rates especially some really shocking stats actually and yeah in terms of strategies have you what specifically or is there anything that you've done that you've seen that's been able to kind of improve things in terms of that yeah I try and like slow down a lot before bed so like I try and not be on my phone I try and run as early as I can in the evening because the later that I run, the the worse it is. Um, make sure I'm kind of fueling properly because uh, if like I go to bed kind of hungry or not like fueled enough, that definitely stops me from sleeping. Um, I try and read before bed to kind of distract my mind and focus it on something else because that definitely helps. That kind of switches me off from my brain going like on overdrive. So they're having that as a different focus really really helps and having a sleep routine too so going to bed it sounds really boring but going to bed at the same time every night and waking up at the same time every morning is definitely helpful yeah definitely and I guess then in terms of ADHD kind of dictating you to be an inherently I guess more chaotic person um less kind of consistent do you find in terms of say sticking to routines such as training training schedules and stuff do you find that challenging or what's your relationship with I guess yeah routine and and schedules I need a routine I thrive off of a routine so everything in my life is very routine and if I don't have one I really struggle um so in terms of training like I love that I find that routine really easy to keep sometimes it's life that stops me from keeping that routine but actually being challenged in that way is really good for me um but I'm really good at having a routine with running and I really need that and I need a routine in kind of everyday life to keep me kind of calm and focused um because I find I've had this growing up so obviously I went to school went to university and then became a primary school teacher so I've always had school holidays fortunately um but that change in routine used to really throw me so I couldn't even cope with like having a holiday I didn't know how to approach it and I felt all over the place and really emotional um and like so even, even now like I need routine within a holiday like it's different routine and it's a lot more relaxed routine but I feel a lot calmer when I have that routine yeah no definitely it's so true it's it's kind of needed to function otherwise you just end up in your own rabbit hole of chaos yeah yeah and you just feel like you do nothing and I'm like how have I done nothing oh my gosh a hundred percent I literally when I say to people sometimes I've literally stood in my room all day like I'm not even joking I'm like they're thinking about starting everything or starting everything but but not doing anything nothing yeah yeah, it it literally can happen and so yeah I guess we're we're coming to the end of our time now and so maybe just to sort of close off with would you be able to perhaps provide some detail around what led to you looking into ADHD and then eventually finding and then receiving a diagnosis over it just for people who maybe are thinking perhaps this is something I have and just to say here just because you think that any of this resonates with you doesn't mean you should go ahead and diagnose yourself it requires a trained qualified psychiatrist and always seek the proper medical advice and and you know you know the drill guys but yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely and so for me I don't like I said I like I've always felt different and that something wasn't I was different to other people and then everyone says that like oh we're all different but I was like yeah but I just don't function in the same way you guys do um um so I yeah always kind of felt like that and then I kind of got to a point I was very anxious and overwhelmed and I went to the doctor to kind of talk about that and from what I was saying they were saying they said like it'd be a good idea for you to kind of had this ADHD kind of test thing that I had to do um because they were saying like what I was talking about really sounded like ADHD um so I had to fill in 
some forms and they were like, yep, it definitely sounds like you have ADHD. Um, so then I had a meeting with a psychiatrist, which was a few hours long um, and I was asked a lot of questions. Um, and from that, they said that I have ADHD and that both, you know, attention deficit, but also hyperactivity. Um, and I'm so glad that I did that. Um, and I tried medication for a while, but that didn't work for me. I didn't get on with it, but I just found it all such a such a useful learning curve. And I'd say, like, if you do resonate with what I'm talking about or you've read up on things, I would definitely go and talk to someone about it. Like, like you say, definitely don't self-diagnose. <laughs> um, but if you feel that way, go and talk to somebody because I found the worst thing was not knowing and not knowing why I felt like this. And then you don't know how to approach it because it might not be that. So then if you try and put strategies in place now and it doesn't work, then you're going to beat yourself up about it. So I think it's really important to talk to a medical professional about it and find out if it is something you have or if you have something else, because then you kind of know how to how to approach it. Because I'm finding now I understand that I have ADHD and I understand my symptoms and the way that I behave, that I know how to approach it to try and make it better. Whereas before, I didn't know how to do that. And for a while after being diagnosed, I, it's definitely quite overwhelming when you do find out, like, it is a sense of relief because you're like, oh, so much makes sense. But then I also kind of felt like, oh, so like, what does this mean? Like, am I always going to be like this then? And there's nothing I can do. But I've learned so many, you know, strategies of how to deal with things. And I feel it's such a weight off my shoulders to know and to know that I can manage it and that I can talk about it with other people and I can find other people that have ADHD to talk to. So, yeah, I definitely say if you resonate with this, that kind of find out more about it, definitely, and don't just sit on it. Yeah, no, definitely. And it if it is something that you do have, I do think that it definitely can impact training and performance massively. I mean, both Katie and myself have, you know, suffered severe injuries and mostly a result of just over intense or going too much too quickly. And, you know, these things are very, I guess, yeah, caused, you could say caused by ADHD and in that that can manifest negatively in other areas of life as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, no, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on. It's been really great speaking to you. And of course, wish you all the best with your journey over the next few months. And hopefully we'll be seeing you on some start lines. So no, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic. No, thank an you. absolute pleasure. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to rate, subscribe and leave a review. This really helps to get the content out there and I want to make this podcast the best possible for you. So go follow Fitter Faster Happier on Instagram. That's Fitter Faster Happier to leave your questions, comments and feedback and for updates and guest requests. All the best for the week ahead, guys. Run happy, live happy, be happy.